great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of top culture where everyone has a story. My guest this week, TV host, adventure filmmaker, backcountry chef, JJ Yosh. JJ, welcome to the cave. Hey, so glad to be here today. Well, what's new with you? Or should I say, where in the world are you right now? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely one way to put it. I'm, I'm currently in uh, the mountains of Colorado right now, although yesterday I was in Seattle and life is an adventure, changing one after the other. Uh, but right now, I'm in Colorado. Uh, and, uh, what? Uh, why are you in Colorado? I live in Colorado because it is, has extraordinary access to the Rocky Mountains. And I, I couldn't ask for anything better. It's constantly changing. you got thunderstorms, okay, and then you got a uh, snowstorm the next day, so I, I, I like the variety. Yeah, and it signed into half kind of player. I'm like, yeah. So um, so t- tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, what's your background? Of course. So I started out as an adventure filmmaker over the last decade. It started from an outdoor club that I started in my college, actually called Excursion Club, and really early on, I just fell in love with the outdoors and just taking people out in the backcountry and just watching friends of mine transform, change their careers, actually, based on going in the outdoors. So I really wanted to do that on a larger scale, and after I graduated college, I decided to pursue a career in the outdoors, and eventually that led to taking it to the big screen and, and making movies about getting outside and exploring your backyard. And, you know, it's, it's evolved. It's taken on new life as the years have progressed, but it's all about going outside, getting inspired and really doing what I love in life. Yeah. How, uh, like, how did your fascination, fascination start with the outdoors and nature? I think, The outdoors is just inherently something that we all have inside of us in terms of, in terms of a love for the outdoors. I feel like nature is just inherently a part of all of us. I mean, we all come from, from nature, if you think about it. So, but for me, for me, I, I, I started really loving the, the outside when I was real young, I would, I would explore my local creeks and, my parents would take me to Lake Tahoe often. We had a couple houses there, so I, I would I, I would go to the lake and and take my siblings to the creeks around the area, and that was kind of like my first sort of outdoor outings, if you will. My life really took a big change in college when I started the outdoors club. That's when it really took full force, and I really. I came into my own and really understood that this is what I wanted to do for my life. And, and it was just the thrill of going on adventures, either be kayaking or mountain biking or rock climbing. It, it was just getting outside and, and really pushing my limits that really uh, fueled me back then. Yeah. Now, um, 
I have a couple more questions for you, but uh, tell the listeners about, I know you have a cat named Simon. Tell us a story about how, yeah. you know, how you got the cat and uh, what made you decide that you want to bring the cat to like every trip and, you know, you're taking photos with them and all that good stuff. You know, Simon was your everyday cat. He was a rescue cat that I was actually almost forced into taking him, actually. One of my neighbors said, he had a, you know, a litter of kittens, and he said, you need to pick one. <laughs> I can't keep them all. And these were rescue cats, and I, I reluctantly, I chose Simon at the time, who at first I named Diablo because he was a cat from hell. <laughs> uh, the animal I had ever uh, had in my house, and he just stopped, would never stop meowing and wouldn't let me near him. And I was really tempted to get rid of him the first couple of days that I had him. And he actually ran away uh, on the second day that I had him. Um, and luckily, though, he changed. His personality changed pretty quickly. And I came, grew very fond of him. And I started taking him on hikes pretty much ever that first week. And then I just kept taking him on hikes every day and getting him used to just going outside and it just became this sort of evolution evolutionary process where he became this outdoor backpacking cat and the whole reason he uh he his his name is backpacking kitty is because when we're going uh backpacking we're going camping it's usually him making me carry him on my back not him on the leash shaking around you know by himself so that's kind of the, the funny thing about it is he's, he likes to take, you know, hitchhike a ride on my back yeah. and backpacking kitty. Yeah. <laughs> and he's becoming like a celebrity, you know, like on people.com and Buzzfeed did a, a profile on YouTube and it's like, he's becoming a, like a, he's going to have his own little entourage going. Yeah. Yeah. Simon definitely turns heads when we're at the airport. It's pretty hard to go unnoticed. Although, you know, it's, it's like, how often do you see, a cat on people's shoulders so i think that's why people are uh, turning their heads yeah it's, he's definitely kind of he's definitely holding holding his own space and 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 getting the attention i think he deserves so yeah i'm happy for him <laughs> <laughs> um so like what are some of your favorite places that you've been to or countries my favorite places that i've been to with by myself or with Simon. With both, I guess. I mean, I guess both uh, both answers, both questions. Okay, yeah. Well, my favorite place that I've gone to that I haven't taken Simon yet, which I really hope to take him real soon, is Havasu Falls uh, in Arizona near the, the Grand Canyon. That's one of my favorite spots. It's just beautiful, tranquil, turquoise waters, uh, you know, amidst the red rock, and it's just an idyllic place to, to go to. And I really got to take Simon there because I think he would really love that. But I've really enjoyed taking Simon to Moab, Utah. You know, I really, I'm really in love with just the red rock that Utah has. And, and then other places I'm thinking about just off the top of my head right now are some of the lakes in Colorado. I, one of the main reasons I live in Colorado is because I, I really love the lakes here. They're pristine, they're beautiful, and... Uh, there's a lake in near Silverton, Colorado, called Island Lake. Unbelievable, 
beautiful gem there, and that's definitely one of my favorite spots to go to. And I think Simon can agree with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those are some of my few places, and they're all actually relatively close to my house. And yeah. and and again, that's why I live here is because I, I like to be surrounded by places that I visit frequently. Yeah. When you go to those places, do you uh, do you camp there or do you just come back the same day? Typically, I'll camp. Uh, you know, some of these places are couple hours away from my house and it, I usually don't like to drive more than a couple hours if I'm going for a day trip. So I like to make a, you know, an adventure out of it, an overnight adventure of it and not just spend my whole day driving, but actually make use of the day. Uh, the rule of all that one of my friends would say is that you want drive time to be half the amount of time that you're having with play time. Yeah. So if your drive is two hours, then your playtime should be at least four hours or more. Yeah. And I kind of like that way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. um, now, you've tra- have you traveled with him out, out of the country? So Simon and I have yet to go out of the country. We have, we've flown all over the U.S., so he's seen more states than most Americans. And we've gone on road trips that uh, have, where he's been in the car, you know, more than 20 hours uh, at one time. So he's definitely had his fair share of road trips and flights. We have yet to leave the country. Yeah. I'm hoping it's something that we're going to be doing this year. Yeah. Have you ever been out, out the country by yourself? Yes, I've, I've been to around 20 something countries, um, which I've seen, I've seen some, 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 I have seen some cool countries uh, just in the last couple of years, actually. What One of my you... favorite countries that I just recently went to was the Maldives back in October, and I really loved the islands there. Yeah. And I also went to Nepal in late October, early November last year and got to see the Himalayas and Everest, and that was quite a spectacle because I had always wanted to, to see Everest and, and go there. So it was a dream come true for me. Yeah. What, um, do you have like a bucket list of like countries that you want to visit someday? Yeah, I definitely have a bucket list. Uh, I, I always say to people now that, um, if you have dreams, you need to go for them right away because dreams change. And some places that you might've had on your bucket list 10 years ago might not always stay on there if you don't go to them. And I find that my locations kind of change, you know, I'm, I'm in different moods of what I, what kind of activities I want to do. Um, but for the most part, I would say that my bucket list of places right now would be checking out Angel Falls in Venezuela, going to Iceland and check out the sunrises and sunsets and the ice caves. Uh, I would love to visit New Zealand and climb some of the mountains down there and visit Fiji and Madagascar and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, I can go on. I have so many places I actually want to go. And, once I'm done exploring Earth, I'd like to go to Mars too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, life's long, so you know maybe that will happen. Yeah. Um, what I was going to ask you is like, so you've gone to all these countries, you know, and you've done the, the like. What are some of the equipment you bring with you? Because I know you you like to, you know, uh, take videos of everything and put it on social media. So, like, what are your, some of your favorite equipment that you bring with you? 
equipment's always going to vary depending on what kind of trip it is. I, I would say for the most part, though, the pieces of equipment that seem to come with me what adventure it is is my camera. I, I have a Canon 6D that I, I like. I take with me everywhere. Of course, my, my phone is now kind of a piece of equipment that I take yeah. with me, too, because it takes pretty good pictures on its own. I always bring my, my trail running shoes with me just because I love to run. I'm, I'm a big ultra runner, and um, no matter where I'm going to go, I want to – you know, fitness is paramount, so I always want to – keep in shape and, and run, run in all different sort of, uh, environments. Um, if it's going to be, it's going to involve camping. I'm going to bring my tent, my sleeping bag, my sleeping pad, uh, my headlamp, headlamps, like typically a good thing that I bring with me no matter what too. Um, and of course my laptop so I can edit it on the road. Um, always got to edit, whether it be photos or videos, uh, you know, get, get that right look and style uh, that I, I put on all my pictures and videos. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the things. And, it, and it, depending on what other adventures it might be, like bringing an inflatable kayak, if I'm going kayaking or bringing mountain bikes, if I'm going mountain biking or my climbing gear, if I'm going climbing or my snowboard or skis, if I'm, if I'm doing a winter trip. So really to, really varies and in terms of my you know my clothing like it's, it's i usually no matter where i'm going i'm bringing like uh, a rain jacket or a light jacket um and pants and 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 gloves and beanie because even like even when i was in hawaii just a couple of weeks ago i ended up climbing um one of the highest peaks there and it got cold even though it was a nice 80 degrees at the beach yeah. it was in the 30s 30, 30 fahrenheit up at the top so you always have to prepare for you know any sort of environment or climate even if you're going in a tropical place yeah. so um, i usually like to bring like a variety of stuff with that yeah. so when you when you travel do you is it just you and simon or do you like other people come with you also on my trips i bring various types of people with me it, sometimes it's just me and simon going on a trip just if it, it could just be like a solo trip with simon and i other times i'm bringing one of my camera guys with me um i might bring bring multiple camera people with me um or other team members but usually it's people that are part of my team that come with me on these trips to help me shoot our videos and shoot our pictures so that we can get that really high quality content that i like to I like to achieve on, on, um, my Instagram and YouTube and, and, uh, just in my videos in general. Yeah. So you've traveled all over the world. What are some of your favorite foods that you've enjoyed? I love Indian food. Definitely. And that's, I think why I like the Maldives because Maldives is right off the coast of India, uh, Sri Lanka and India. And it, they have Indian food there. It's part of Mal Maldivian food is, has, you know, some, Indian influence there. So I, I love Indian food for sure. I love Swedish food. <laughs> I love going to Sweden. I love salmon. And there's a plethora of various ways that they cook salmon in Sweden. So that was definitely one of my favorite places to go to. And not to forget Thailand, because Thailand has some of the most incredible cuisine uh, that I've ever tasted. And 
a lot of times when you're going to other countries, I find American food is American way of making the country's food is better. Yeah. But when I went to Thailand, uh, Thai food is definitely better there than it is in America. So yeah. I was really happy with there with going to Thailand and I would go back to Thailand just for the food. Yeah. So like, uh, so how do you try to inspire people just to go outside and explore? Well, I, I find my videos are is one way, you know, I'm, I, as, as a young, as a young lad, I didn't have the opportunities that I do now to go outside. And, and so how I was able to experience the outdoors was through pictures on my wall or magazines full of backpacking and mountain pictures and movies. Like I was very, very impressionable with movies and influenced by that. So I find that media is a huge way to inspire people to get out there. And that's kind of why I've fallen into this path that I'm on right now of creating these full experience videos where people can feel like they're there with me enjoying the adventure as I'm doing it as well. So I find that through my media, that is one way that I can inspire people to get out there. Um, sometimes I'm able to take people with me on the adventures physically. And that's another way, you know, they're actually able to, to experience it with me physically. Um, and then I, I give a lot of advice to people just on terms of how to improve their own Instagram feeds or how to improve their own photos. I, a lot of people ask me how to improve their photos and what, what should they do in their videos. And so I, I try to give as much advice as I can. And I find that, is inspiring because I see a lot of the, the advice that I give to people that they actually take it and they use it and, and it improves their own work and content. So yeah, yeah those are the ways that I think right now that, it, that I'm inspiring people, yeah. but who knows in the future, yeah. you know, I hope to do it on a larger scale. Uh, two part question. What is your favorite social media platform and how do you use it to make a statement? I would say that my favorite social media platform right now is Instagram. It, it used to be Twitter. It used to be before that Facebook. Um, before that, it was it was um, MySpace and Friendster. So it definitely changes. Like as the time changes, uh, the trends change. But right now, Instagram is is my favorite. Yeah, and how, and how do you use it? Like like, what are your some of your tips that you use it to? to interact with like, you know, to get followers and follow your story. So I spent a lot of time on Instagram. It's definitely um, one of the ways that I even make money right now actually is through Instagram and through brands um, paying me to advertise their products organically through my posts. And so I use Instagram for that purpose to promote products. Um, and I, in terms of how I like grow my account, um, you know, there's a lot of different strategies to do that. Um, it's from hashtagging to posting at the right time, um, to posting a thematic content. You know, I make sure that I kind of have like a, a, a design to my Instagram page that I stick to. And I'm very, very, um, 
very aware of making sure that I have a cohesive brand. Yeah. You want people to be able to, to go to your page and instantly see exactly who you are and what you do. And I think that's really important. And I find that it's really paramount to engage with your following as much as possible. So I try to reply back to, to anyone who sends me a comment or um, not the best that we're, with the direct messages that that sometimes can be hard, but at least with the commenting, um, I, I try really hard to, to respond back just so that people, you know, know that I'm there. I'm a real person and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what they're saying, you know? So I think all of that, all of those strategies are ways to really maintain and garnish a engaging following. Yeah. So, you made a documentary series called Ancient Tomorrow. Can you tell the listeners what is that about and how can they watch it? Yeah, Ancient Tomorrow took took over a good portion of my life, a third of my life, and it was definitely one of my masterpieces in terms of just how much time I put into it. The movie itself it ended up being just a standalone movie. Um, it was about, it is about, the pyramids, so all the pyramids in the world, being these not tombs, not temples, not landmarks, but actually power plants, ancient clean burning power plants. And so a lot of people that might think are fetched, but I feel like more people are becoming more open and receptive to these ideas that maybe these ancient structures were, could be power plants. Um, and we, we, we kind of investigate, we, we do investigate this theory that the power plants are, I'm sorry, that pyramids are power plants and that um, they might all be connected around the world, that all these ancient structures that um, that are scattered around the world and a lot of them that, that you can't even see actually because they're underwater or buried or under ice um, might all be connected. Yeah. And there's a lot of eerie parallels to some of the things that we find. Um, there were a couple tragic events that happened during the course of our investigation that really made us I can think if we should continue the investigation so it was very real and powerful and uh, definitely one of the most significant things that I've done in my life and while we only made one movie so far I really do hope in the future that it that it that it becomes a series and there might be more to more of these movies in the future because we only scratched on the surface and you can watch this movie right now on Amazon It's on Amazon um, Amazon Prime I believe you can just watch it there if you have an Amazon Prime account Um, it's on YouTube Red Vudu Saw and a couple other online networks so pretty readily available in terms of how you can access it and it's available internationally now, so anyone can watch around the world like what well, how did you get the idea that this is what you wanted to do for the documentary you know i i've always had a fascination with ancient civilizations and the paranormal and just just the, the just conspiracies that might be overlooked in their lives and and I think those interests finally collided, uh, you know, during my college years, actually. It was just 
I, I, these are just questions that were kind of always on my mind. You know, when I was in school, I was always questioning the, some of the information that I was hearing, like pyramids, these, these crazy monuments being built by, at the time I was taught they were built by slaves and that um, they would move the blocks through these crazy contraptions and, and it just, it didn't add up. And yet we were supposed to believe this. And so I think it was just those curiosities that finally just couldn't, couldn't sit down. And, and, and they finally, I, I had to explore it. I really had to, to, to seek it out. And, and that's what I did. And I built a team to really look into it. And um, it started, it, as soon as I started that team of, of people that were also interested in finding these answers out, I discovered there was a lot of people out there that were already looking for these answers and had already done a lot of research. And I started meeting with these scientists and pretty renowned um, experts out there that had had that had spent their whole lives researching this content. And it's just fascinating what um, we found so far and what and and just what I've learned. And and by no means is this the end. I feel like if anything, it's, it's just the beginning. Um, but I think right now I've, I've kind of taken, um, a sidestep away from that for the moment. Um, but it's definitely something that still is important in my life. Yeah. Now you've also uh, hosted like a few television shows on discovery and taste made. Uh, what were those shows? Yeah. So I, I had a real cool opportunity to go to Taiwan in 2016 for the fun Taiwan show, and I got to explore all over Taiwan, sort the culture and the history and the food, and and experiencing the adventure there. And I, going into Taiwan, I actually didn't really know that much about the country, and was really kind of amazed through the show because I was experiencing these activities uh, for the first time, and and then. And and, that, and we were and it was televised. Um, so that was kind of that was cool because it was like real. It was really it was a real first time experience for me, and it was being portrayed on television right then and there. And I was just really fascinated with this, the history of Taiwan because I didn't realize how connected it was to Japan, and 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 uh, you know I got to learn a lot about the food that they have there. So that was um, that was my time on Fun Taiwan, and um, and then I did Taste Made after that, and Taste Made is all about um, food and travel and just experiencing the culture and sites of of places around the world, and and I specialized in backcountry cooking. So I actually do a lot of the shows in my backyard where I was just cooking up different dishes. Um, with ingredients that I found in my backyard, like cactus and pine needles and and, uh, and mint and whatever else that I could find. Um, and, I, and I will add, too, that um, when I was doing my outdoors club back in college, that's when I was leading a lot of outdoor trips and we'd cook a lot of um, dishes in the backcountry. And that's kind of how I really got involved in country cooking and really fell in love with that so that that's another big thing that i do is is um back back country cooking and just integrating local ingredients 
into gourmet dishes. And that's kind of what I did with Tastemade. Hmm. Um, so, like, what is, like, one fun fact about you that you want the, the listeners to know? I think a fact that um, I've been recently really diving into my interest in growing aquatic plants in my aquarium. And that's kind of actually what started this entire journey of mine. I um, started a company when I was 16 called Aqua Utopia, where I actually sold aquatic plants that were growing in my fish tanks online. And um, that was my first business. And, and, it, and, and it was through cultivating aquatic plants that um, I fell in love with that whole ecosystem and environment and really trying to understand how to create that perfect balance and harmony with, with the water chemistry and, and just with the entire, you know, this micro ecosystem. And that started my whole path of really trying to do something for the environment. And, and in college, I, I um, got my degree in chemical engineering specifically because of my fish tanks. Hmm. So that's a fun fact that not a lot of people know. And maybe not a lot of people know that I'm, I got a degree in chemical engineering, but that, that was something that I did. And it was all because of my fish tanks. So um, I recently just got a fish tank um, that I, cause I haven't had fish tanks in almost a decade now. But I recently got one, and I've been growing aquatic plants again. So it's been amazing, and it's a it's a real fun hobby of mine. It's interesting. What? Um, so where where is your next trip taking you? I have a couple trips coming up. I have a trip um, next week. Well, I'm going next week to Cabo. That's more of um, a family trip for my cousin's wedding, but um, in a couple weeks after that, I will be going to Kansas, <laughs> just a couple states over here, and we're doing this fun road trip for the Kansas Tourism Board. We're going to be skydiving, mountain biking, and experience a lot of other adventures, and Simon will be going with me. My cat Simon will be going with me, and we'll be doing a little road trip to Kansas, and then um, after that, We'll be going, heading back to California, to Huntington Beach, where Simon is going to be the first cat to try his his way at um, cat surfing. Huh. So they have this, Purina Pro Plan has this uh, dog competition on Huntington Beach that, they, that they've had for the last 20 years, and they've just recently decided to open it up to bring on the first cat ever, and Simon is going to be the first cat ever to you participate in different competitions. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Who, who's more popular, you or Simon? Who's more what? Who's more popular, you or Simon? Oh, Simon Simon is definitely way more popular than me. He's, he's, he's stolen the, the spotlight. Or, or I shouldn't even say stolen it. People are giving it to him. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to... It's hard not to fall in love with Simon. He, you know, even if you're a dog lover and you don't like cats, uh, you meet Simon and, and you'll change your ways very quickly. You'll make exceptions for him. So yeah, it's, it's fun to see that. Uh, lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, I'd, I'd love it for you guys to check check me out and check Simon out. You can see me on Instagram. My handle is at uh, JJYOSH, at JJYOSH. And that's um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's JJYOSH TV. 
And uh, to follow Simon, you can follow him on Instagram at Backpacking Kitty and Facebook at Backpacking Kitty. And we're also on Twitter, too. All right. I want to thank yeah. you for coming Back on. Check our videos out. Oh, yeah. These were, uh, this was a uh, great little uh, learning experience for myself. You know, this was a, a fun, uh, fun podcast. Oh, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you. And, yeah, let me know if you have any other questions. Um, but, yeah, I would just say that, you know, life is all about just getting out there. And, and you know, time is of the essence. So if you do have a dream, my advice is you've got to go for it immediately because dreams will pass you. And they are momentary. So you got to really go for it right in there. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on. You know, maybe in a few months you come back on and tell us where your next adventure is. Of course, I'd love to. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll catch you next time.